Hello and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms, we too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. It is Sauce. How are you? You know that question we answer so many times, but really, how are you? And what does that mean in all its layers and all its facets? And what are you thinking about and how are you feeling? Sometimes we don't even take a minute to know ourselves. And so it is worth really thinking, how are you? And I ask that as a nod to this episode, which is about honoring all of your emotions. And I think that can be a tricky thing sometimes. So I'm wondering, what is your relationship with your emotions? I have definitely a complex relationship with mine. I've been known to be Little Miss in her giant container of feelings. And I I self-identify that way for sure. But I have had, at different times in my life, more difficulty in expressing what I really wanted to express with regards to my emotions. And that can come for so many reasons. And so I'm wondering, what is your relationship with your emotions? Maybe, have you ever been told that you're too sensitive? Raise your hand if you've ever been told that you're too sensitive. I think that might be some of us. It's definitely me. And we might then start to think that there's something wrong with our emotions without really knowing whether or not that was valid. And maybe maybe you have found it difficult to be in touch with your emotions. And you don't know why you maybe feel a little more numb or you're not sure how to get in touch with what you know in your head you're probably feeling. And I just, I want to honor you as you honor your emotions because sometimes it can be tricky with different people's comfort levels with emotions. And so today what we want to do is is look at the value of what your emotions mean and and how to process them and how to not let them congeal in your body in a way that's unproductive. And I know this is a gigantic topic. And so we, of course, won't cover everything. But I think that this episode might give you some points of relatability and some inroads. Today, Kelsey Delane is back. She was the first person that came to mind when I wanted to bring this topic to the to the podcast. Kelsey is a certified yoga therapist and a full spectrum doula, and she comes with the most incredible insight. And Kelsey first came to our podcast in episode 28 when she was interviewed and spoke on loving yourself without condition. It's a beautiful episode. If you haven't caught it, her interview is definitely supportive to what we talk about today. And this topic is going to come to you as a two-parter. In today's first part, we're going to look at the importance of making space for the expression of emotions and why you might have trouble expressing them sometimes. We want to look at making space for that expression. And Kelsey brings incredible knowledge about the relationship between our body and our emotions. 
Our bodies are so intelligent and our emotions can be great messengers. And so we look at what all of that means and we talk about finding ways and inroads into these emotions and creating spaces that are safe to do so. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with Kelsey. Hey everyone, I'm here with Kelsey Delane. Hi guys. So good to have you back, Kelsey. Mm, I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) And the reason that we're podcasting this topic is because it's something that has been close to both of our hearts. And I think we've known that about each other from the beginning of our friendship. And it's something I really value in you, Kelsey. And I might also say at the outset is that you probably know we're both not therapists. And these emotions can sometimes take people into territory that's quite tender. And so for me, too, for a lot of people, sometimes it's good to augment this work or this type of expression with therapy. And so I just want to say that at the outset, while simultaneously saying that both of us have this at a a true cornerstone in both of our practices with our clients, as well as just our lives. And so the idea of welcoming all emotions and honoring them is so, so just really paramount for us. And so I asked Kelsey to come on today because she has really profoundly touched my life with the way that she both expresses her emotions and in the ways that she welcomes them into her space with everyone. So Kelsey, maybe you can start us off by just sharing what is it about honoring all the emotions, the whole spectrum of emotions that is so important to you? That is such a great question. And I guess the reason that honoring all emotions is so important to me is that I find that I can't really love myself if I don't accept myself. And I can't really accept myself if I'm unwilling to accept the wholeness of me. Mm. And life is so unpredictable and it can be beautiful, it can be heavy. My relationship with me is one constant through the whole roller coaster. And my ability to befriend myself, to love myself, to accept myself is what's enabled me to ride that roller coaster with a little more lightness, a little more joy. And Mm. so I think that's why honoring all emotions is such a cornerstone. It's so paramount, like you said, is because how am I to love myself if I cannot embrace all of these things that flow in and out of me? Ooh. Oh, I beautifully said. And I just have to agree so wholeheartedly with you. And it's, I think sometimes we can get the message from society or from certain I don't know, any any different avenue that certain emotions are good or certain emotions are bad. And I don't, you know, I, I think we probably both agree on this. It's not necessarily the case, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think one reason that I really wanted to talk about this, well, there's so many reasons really, but one reason is just because sometimes when I've been at my lowest point or when I've gone through a really hard time, people might say, you know, Sauce, you're so positive or, oh, Sauce, you're you're so strong or you just, I'm not trying to pat my ass away right now, <laughs> but, but, but those things are true. <laughs> what else is true? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, 
But the thing is, with the nature of social media or also just, you know, quick conversations, we only see snapshots of people's lives. And there's just so much ground that is different than that single note. There's there's just the honoring of grief and sadness as as a expression of love lost or dreams lost or something like that, or anger being a messenger for times that our boundaries are, are crossed. I mean, there's so many things that these emotions might denote. And I would never want to portray the idea that these very rich tapestries in which we live would just be these single notes of empty positivity. And I don't mean positivity is empty, mm. but without the full spectrum and vibrance of all of the whole journey, right? Like you were saying. I, I totally agree. What you're saying reminds me of, you know, in yoga, you know, that's my wheelhouse. That's, that's my world. I work with clients through this framework of the yoga tradition. And sometimes in the yoga community, you'll hear people say things like, oh, listen to your body. And that sounds kind of abstract, right? How do I listen to my body? Well, emotions is one of the means by which our body communicates to us. And like you said, anger as a messenger for a boundary being crossed, shame can be an indicator that something I've done was in out of alignment with my own values. These different so-called negative emotions that I've retrained myself to do my best to call them unpleasant emotions because I do find them unpleasant. Most mm-hmm. of the people I work with find them unpleasant, but but I argue that they're not negative, like you said, that they have a purpose and part of their purpose is guiding me towards acting in alignment with my own integrity and they're kind of signposts along the way of when I'm on track and when I'm off track. It's amazing how intelligent these bodies are. And I'm, I'm not an expert in, in this field as far as coaching others, but it's definitely been my personal experience that our bodies are so wise and insightful and often know things before maybe my conscious mind knows them. So Kelsey, I wonder if you could give any maybe specific examples for people like how how can they listen to their bodies, especially in a culture that can sometimes be so judgmental about our bodies or we're we're trying to make them look a certain way or or something like that. And I think sometimes this relationship, this love relationship between us and our bodies could maybe be cultivated and we could have a more integrative listening practice with them. I don't know how to say that exactly, but. I think that an essential part of this puzzle of feeling our feelings, being attuned to them, listening to our bodies is movement. And that movement can take so many forms. That movement can be walking. That movement could be yoga. That movement could be dance. That movement could be play with, you know, children or for whatever purpose, right? And I would encourage people to start start the easy way. <laughs> One of my teacher, Kaya, she quotes her teacher by saying, start in an easy way. It will take you all the way. And I think, isn't that beautiful? (laughs) Yes. And when we start in an easy way, we avoid the pitfall of kind of overcomplicating these things. And so if there is something that 
that a listener already likes to do with their body. Maybe you like to swim or dance or whatever it is you like to do that's movement-based. Maybe the first step for you could be to add a little bit of heightened awareness or intentionality with that movement that you're already doing Mm. and weave some space or some curiosity in that movement practice for improving, right? So oh, yes. if if you if you're someone who loves to dance, can you dance free from choreography and just let your body move and listen to those impulses? Or if you have a yoga practice, instead of following a sequence from a teacher, can you just, you know, lie down on the floor and move organically without this particular guidance or structure? And listen to the call of your body to, oh, I feel like lying on my side. Oh, I feel like standing. I feel like stretching this way or that way. And to me, that can be the most readily available way to begin this listening relationship with our body without making it too abstract or too complex. Oh, gosh, I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but it brought up this experience that I've had with this dance Gosh, I don't even know what to call it. I'm going to, it's with a woman named Joe. I'm actually going to look it up and put the information in the show notes because I'm doing a terrible job identifying it. But it's, if you're in the LA area, it's dance um, space where music is played for three hours and we all just Mm. dance without any, any judgment. And what was so beautiful was that your body, my body really, really just took over and you know, sometimes if you go, <laughs> you go back to like junior high, middle school dance dances when you're just you're micromanaging mm-hmm. every move or you're or you're sort of judging every move or you're feeling this discomfort. It's so different when you actually just surrender to the music or your body. And, and so many intelligences came forth for me. And it, it's not even like we need to press ourselves to be productive to figure it all out. But I felt so much more integrated with my emotions and the freedom to feel what came up and to be with what is, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when, when we have the freedom to be with what is, my experience personally and in witnessing my clients is that's when these emotions alchemize themselves, Mm. right? Oh, what a great phrase. Yes. Because yes. I think there's there's a little bit of a movement right now in the self-help, spiritual, personal development worlds where we've recognized the power of the mind and rightfully so, the mind is hugely powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's kind of this current right now of, you know, think positively, abundance mindset focusing on gratitude. And all of those things are so, so powerful. But like you said, the body has its own intelligence as well. And if we only are working from a top-down approach, so if if we are working with the mind as the top and the body as down, if we move top-down and we think about how can I change my mindset in order to change my emotions, that's only one half of this really integrated whole. And the other piece that gets left out so often is the bottom up approach. The bottom up is working with the body 
And when we change the state of the body and we, and we move the body, we let the emotions move through the body and alchemize the emotion, then the story that is occupying the mind changes itself. And I, I've noticed, especially with the clients that I work with, the clients that, that I work with are often very driven, ambitious, hardworking people who want to be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this idea that it's all about mindset ends up causing harm because then they feel like when they have a, an unpleasant emotion that they feel like they're doing something wrong. Exactly. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I really felt oh, that one. No, I felt that I'm, one. I'm yes. so glad that resonates. And yes, my practice too. Mm. Right? Go and on, so go on. I'm sorry. Oh, no apologies necessary, but I just see this pattern of criti- self-criticism and frustration of why do I keep feeling this emotion? Well, if we only go top down and we keep trying to change our mindset, but the wise body is perceiving something that is unattended, we will continue to feel that same feeling until the thing that is generating the feeling is addressed, until the feeling is felt. We cannot just think about our feelings and expect them to be digested and metabolized. We have to feel our feelings, let them do the job they're here to do. And the beauty of that is then our mindset naturally follows. Mm. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yes, I have found that sometimes people will feel, and I've spoken a little bit about this in previous episodes, but will feel resistance towards doing something they really want to do, or they'll feel like they want to quit, or they'll feel, actually, I recently spoke on this, and then they'll just feel terrible about themselves. Like, why do I feel like I want to quit? Why am I lazy? Or, you know, they put a lot of, of labels onto this, but really underneath is sometimes a simple and sometimes a very complex thing that is is maybe wisely stopping them or wisely giving them pause because there is what or more, one or more things underneath there that is needing to be tended to. Yeah, I totally agree. And I thought I had that same thought when I was listening to one of your episodes on on quitting with Allison, you know, oh, yeah, that yeah. you guys were, you were talking about that sometimes under the surface wisdom that is giving us pause. And I do think a lot of times it comes from the body. And we move so quickly. And we so many of us live kind of from the neck up, you know, we kind of live in our head and in the cognitive aspects of our reality. And we've become so disembodied from a culture that prioritizes busyness and hustle and productivity and external accomplishments and all of these things. And so we've learned how to become disembodied so that we could keep up because even something as silly as, you know, having a full bladder, but you're working on something and you don't want to even pause your work to go take care of emptying your bladder, or you have so much to do. So you skip meals because you want to keep up with so-and-so who works X amount of hours. And so we've actually developed a skill for overriding our body's impulses. And in order to feel our feelings and learn to listen the body, listen to the body, it requires the unlearning of this other skill that we've developed 
in order to keep up with our culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those people, including myself, who may just be a big, giant ball of emotions and not mm-hmm. to, <laughs> not, and not be so inclined to the cognitive first. Mm-hmm then they feel guilty sometimes because that's Mm -hmm. not what society is advocating. And then they feel like, oh, sorry, sorry for being sad. I'm so sorry for being mad or, um, you know, Mm. and gosh, looking at the time, maybe we can continue this space next week. We already, I don't know, the time just flies so fast. (laughs) Would that be okay? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love that. Me too. Okay. So we will continue this topic next week. And Kelsey, until then, where can people find you and your work? They want to connect with you. You can connect with me on Instagram at Kelsey Delane Yoga, or you can find me on my website, KelseyDelaneYoga.com. And I am also on Instagram at Lori Sase. L-O-R-I-S-A-S-E or my website, laurisase.com. And I will put all of those links for you in the show notes. And if you enjoy this episode or like where this is going, if you could share it with anyone who you think might also benefit, we would really love that. Kelsey, thank you so much. I love talking to you always and being with you. Mm, Thanks, Sauce. All right, everyone. We hope you have a beautiful week ahead, feeling all your feelings and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>